The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss what factors influence online brand trust. Joining us is Sterling Jackson, who is the head of marketing at Aspire, which is a leading influencer marketing platform trusted by 800 e-commerce brands like Glossier, Brookline, Ruggable, and Grubhub. And today, Sterling and I are going to discuss the new era of high-trust commerce and the evolution of influence. All right, here is the first part of my conversation with Sterling Jackson, the head of marketing at Aspire. Sterling, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Benjamin. I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk to you. Excited to talk a little bit about what's happening in e-commerce and the way that consumers are changing how they think about products. So we're in this new sort of evolving place where marketers are not able to advertise with the same amount of efficiency that they were over the last few years. We're getting less data that is accurate through performance marketing channels like Facebook. We're seeing the rise of AI to create more content. And at the end of the day, we're all looking for someone to trust to give us valuable information about products and services. Talk to me about this new era of high trust commerce. What does that mean to you? First of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's a delight to be talking with you today. One of the reasons why I joined Aspire was because of this very issue where performance marketers are having a harder time uh, driving conversions. And this idea of having high trust commerce really has to do with the fact that at the end of the day, most of us buy things because somebody told us about something. We became aware of it through a friend or a colleague. And B2B SaaS is no difference. We have to have high trust And this level of influence that we get through creators and influencers today is really becoming just more and more of a channel for driving not just awareness, but full funnel conversions. I'm happy to chat more about that today. Really excited about the conversation. The first thing you mentioned is creators and influencers. Talk to me about the difference between what you consider to be a creator and what is an actual influencer. Creators and influencers are kind of, those terms are used interchangeably. But creators are really anybody who generates content. Typically, in this context, they're referred to online creators. So people on Instagram and all the social media channels who are putting content out there every day, right? I'm sure you follow a number of them. They can be very small in a niche, or they can be what we call mega influencers who like the Kardashians and Mr. Beast, for example, with millions of followers. 
And influencers are kind of in the same vein, but I've noticed that the term influencer and creator, they're both directly related to influencer marketing. And that's really where we spend most of our time on our platform, both on the software side and on the agency services side. I think it's an important distinction in the way that somebody describes me as creators, somebody who creates content, an influencer is a creator. But not all creators have audience. And so an influencer is somebody who is not only creating something that promotes your brand, they're also promoting it to a following that they have. And that we're in a new era of high trust commerce. Now, does that mean that people are trusting these influencers more? Are they looking towards people that they don't know personally that are creating more content? Or is it really your personal network that is driving these high trust transactions? It goes both ways, but most of the time, the types of companies that are partnering with these influencers, you can do it like through branded content ads where you can see types of content that maybe a brand wants to promote or boost. Sometimes it can be a little subtle, like there might be a little indication on Instagram or Facebook where you, you know, this is a a sponsored post, but the creators themselves may or may not have a large following. Those companies can therefore help amplify and boost those posts to drive awareness if it's something that's relevant for their target audience. I'll give you an example. When I was talking with somebody at M&Ms, you know, they have those custom M&Ms where you can have different colors or messages on the M&Ms themselves. They actually had a creator with a very small following, maybe four or 500 followers, who launched something for, I believe it was baby announcements. And they got the pink and blue M&Ms and it went viral and blew up. And that to them showed the power of influence. And so that's when they started partnering with us to put some process and money and intention behind those types of engagements to really figure out how can we get more predictability around creating viral content. So that always seems to be the problem. And I feel like it used to be viral content. You create something and boom, it becomes an internet meme. And the next thing you know, you're internet famous and maybe there's a chance to monetize. Now it seems like brands have become a little bit more resourceful in manufacturing virality. And the question isn't, can I drive a viral campaign? It is, can I invest the time and effort into managing all of the creators to then produce a specific output? Talk to me about the production process. What's the way to predictably manufacture virality? It's a mix of art and science, right? So Benjamin, if you think about the whole intent of creators and influencers who are successful at what they do, you have to maintain the level of authenticity. You can't have a brand just come in. And I'm sure you've seen those ads where in the middle of like a YouTube video, hey, this video is sponsored by such and such brand. And then it just kind of comes across as like, okay, well, obviously you're getting paid to promote this thing. But the ones that really go viral and do really well are the ones where they maintain a sense of authenticity, like, hey, I'm not getting paid to promote this, or I had a personal experience with this brand. Those are the types of things that people really listen to and they can trust. So you go back to this era of high trust commerce and the evolution of influence, it's all about authenticity. So when it comes to manufacturing virality, the intent is to find the right audience, the right creator for your brand. And we do that in a kind of unique way. We actually have a marketplace where it's like a two-way marketplace where brands can actually search our database of creators and influencers to find who they think might be the best fit for their particular campaign. But what makes it unique is we allow the creators and influencers themselves to basically raise their hand for campaigns that they feel passionate about. 
because they are personally interested in it. So this two-way marketplace is pretty unique for Aspire, and it just fosters this better predictability of creating relationships between those brands and influencers that are more authentic and therefore more likely to go viral. Now, in terms of creating campaigns themselves that are likely to become more viral, there's a whole different conversation and science behind that. But it has to do with, you know, timing, the cadence, how you present your products and the platform itself. Obviously, different levels of engagement, different types of production value depend on which platform you're talking about. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So give me an example here. A brand comes to you and they say, look, we realize that influence and building trust with creators is important. That's the best type of brand message, showing something authentic. We want to start a brand campaign Are we working with the Kardashians? Are we going micro, nano, influencer? How do you figure out what the right strategy is for the right brand? A lot of brands struggle to figure out what the right strategy is. And so we have in-house experts who come from the agency side, come from having done this in the real world that often we say, hey, let's partner you up and have like a strategy session to figure out what's the right way to approach your particular business goal. So to give you an example, there was a beauty and skincare brand that we were working with who came to us, their name is Kula. They're an organic skincare brand that runs their business on Shopify. They're a high-end sun protection skincare brand with a mission to create products that help consumers to live happy, healthy lifestyles. Pretty familiar story, right? Well, recently the e-commerce brand adopted a new targeted strategy to reach their audience. And they were specifically targeting women ages 24 to 35. And so just to give you an idea of how this works, influencers, both large and small, act as sort of tastemakers in the beauty space, if you will. And the recommendations provide social proof that today's consumers require whenever they're making purchase decisions. So their goal was really to build this community of Kula fans who not only can promote their products, but produce authentic content. That's what they were really all about is producing that authentic content. 
So they didn't have the proper tools. That's when they kind of looked for an agency to help them get that process started. The influencer marketing process was pretty overwhelming for them at first. They struggled to keep track of conversations and they tried to do it all manually through spreadsheets. They actually did work with another influencer marketing software and collaborated with a PR agency before they came to us and it just didn't work out. So the reason why I think was just because the quality of the content that they received wasn't meeting their standards. So they really needed that solution to kind of streamline the process. That's when they came to us. So in the process of searching for influencers, they wanted to know if they can find people who specifically embodied that Kula vision of a healthy lifestyle. And that meant that they were looking for authenticity, a strong personal brand, an aligned aesthetic with their brand and the creator's personal brand, as well as a really engaged audience. And you think about like the micro and nano influencers, typically they have the most dedicated and loyal followings as opposed to the more general audiences that follow the macro and mega influencers. So our AI powered recommendation engine helped them to identify 20 influencers every single day that met their campaign criteria. And outside of this, the team was able to filter through those influencers using additional targeted keywords, sort of dragging and dropping an image of things that they liked into the search bar. And then with our software, if they found somebody who was a potential good fit, they can actually use like Instagram direct messaging to directly move to their priority inbox with a request to say, hey, we'd like to partner with you on this campaign. Is it the traditional DM me, let's collab? I get some of those whenever I post photos of my kids who are much cuter than I am. I get the direct message, let's collab. Yeah, so the collabs are obviously, that's what the industry is all about. But the problem is most brands who are trying to do this on their own, it's just like the messages get ignored. It's a really frustrating and laborious process. And so the idea of minimizing that friction by allowing Instagram direct messaging, which is a new feature, really kind of just makes it a lot easier, effective, and more enjoyable for both parties. So anyway, as a result of this collaboration process, finding the right influencers, sending them the terms, and getting that relationship established, Kula was able to scale the program over 10x. They went from working from around 150 influencers every two to three months to over 500 influencers a month all of whom, by the way, aligned with their brand values. And I believe it generated over 9,000 pieces of new authentic content. And it was just a really successful program. And by the way, they spent significantly less than they did in prior efforts. And so obviously the ROI is a big metric that every brand wants to see from these types of collabs. So it was a really successful engagement. The devil's always in the details when it comes to influencer marketing. And it's one of the reasons why we've seen companies like Aspire be so successful. It's death by a thousand cuts. Sure, you can go and manage an influencer campaign by yourself. You can scour Instagram, you can create a list of influencers, you can reach out to them, you can manage the conversation, get the content, start to market it to yourself, you can have them market to their audience. But if you're trying to do it at scale, when you're talking about reaching hundreds, maybe even thousands of different people on social media to get them to talk positively and authentically about your brand, it's time to build in a technology solution that can help you. That's where brands like Aspire come in. It's the way of right now, and it's the way of the future when it comes to scaling your outreach on social media. And tomorrow, we're going to talk about the format of content that is most effective when you're running your influencer campaigns. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Sterling Jackson, head of marketing at Aspire. In part two of this conversation, which we'll publish tomorrow, Sterling and I are going to talk about why brands and creators are investing more into video content. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Sterling, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. 
You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is TweetSterling. That's T-W-E-E-T-S-E-R-L-I-N-G. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Aspire.io. That's A-S-P-I-R-E dot I-O. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap. B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.